0: Welcome back, fans, from all over the Five Kingdoms to more of the League of Ultimate Questing, the show that brings the high-fantasy action of heroic adventures right to your home. My name is Kip Killigan, voice of the LUQ and servant of the Nexus Enterprise, and with me, of course, is the steak and potatoes to my white wine, retired League legend, Stormclad Thunderton. Storm, you you haven't moved in almost five minutes. What's with the pose? I mean, I appreciate your flexing as much as the next fan, but you're creeping me out, man.
1: Gotta keep perfectly still and perfectly epic. You know. For all the artisan fans out there working on their masterpieces in marble. Figure they might want to get their head start on chiseling my likeness. Eugene, get my good side.
2: Ha!
1: <laughs> I'm just kidding. They're all good sides. And there's no such thing as Eugene.
0: Storm, this is uh, kind of crazy.
1: You know you're right, Kip. This is probably more of a shirt-off scenario. But I kinda wanna be immortalized with my tie on. I look really good in a tie.
0: That's not what I meant, pal.
1: Well, of course. No shirt with a tie. The best of both worlds. Come on, damn buttons. Oh, hey, Tommy. I know this might be confusing with the shirt coming off, but no, it's not nacho time. Bring it in, buddy. We're getting sculpted.
0: Storm, I respect how excited you are about the Hall of Legends nomination, but that's still a few days away. And you can't hold a pose for the whole broadcast. We'll be here for hours.
1: Cape I once held a defensive squat in the tall grasses of the Damerian Gray Wilds for three days straight, just to avoid being caught up in carrion fang mating season. I assure you, I can look awesome for a few hours. Plus, I get union breaks for coffee and bronzing lotion.
0: <sighs> well, while Storm strikes a dashing pose, we should check in on the Mortal Dawn, who we last left on the precipice of combat with a group of angry kobolds. <laughs>
1: They're kobolds, Kip. If this lasts more than a round, the MDs don't deserve champion rank. You may be right, Storm, but one thing's for certain, it's going to be exciting to watch. If you say so. Ten Gold says they butcher up some filet minions in under six seconds. Let's find out
0: right now.
3: Mortal Dawn has made its way to the center of Rivestone Island through a strange jungle of foreign plant life and into the overgrown quarry. But you've been hunted the whole time, and now the enemy has revealed itself. Kobolds, brazen and furious, they charge you from the surrounding vegetation. I would like the team to roll me initiative. You know it. <laughs> oh! Is he
2: 19 from Artyom? 21 from Arvid.
4: Natural one from Harthax for a total of two. What's your dex bonus? I
3: one. Really? That's a nine for Crist. All right. Sad. So the kobolds will go right before Harithax because they also rolled a one. (laughs) 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 No. No. First to go is Arvid. The battlefield is as you see. You are all near the quarry, maybe 60 feet away, and the kobolds are coming in from all directions. There looks to be about 10 of them.
2: Arvid is still in goat form. He's going to huff and puff and knock that kobold down right across from, I think, Crist would be a good choice. That should give it the amount of distance that it's a proper charge. Ram goes for a Ram. Ram goes Ram. All right, that's a 15.
3: All right. You lower your horns and charge at top speed. And inches before you reach this kobold, it deftly leaps to the side, jumping much higher off the ground than you'd expect from a creature of this size and body mass. You impact with a tree, knocking loose a couple of branches and random coconuts. Uh, Morty will do the opposite in to say that he's charging in the other direction and trying to attack that kobold over there. (laughs) Not avoiding death. (laughs) He's going to attack the party. (laughs) He's
5: going to hind leg kick us. Perfect.
3: And he's going to do his best good boy, but he does not connect. He charges over and this kobold brings up one of these small spears and catches his teeth and actually holds back Morty's weight for a moment as he snarls and drools in his face.
6: That's insane.
3: That's a swole bold.
2: <laughs>
5: Damn right.
6: Not sad about that.
5: Are they like the, uh,
6: In terms of the size against Morty, are they like half the size of Morty?
3: Oh, they're smaller than half of Morty. What? They're very, very wee lads. All right, next in the initiative
5: is Artyom. I'm going to do a quick hop back the direction we came, and I'm going to ready up a Scorching Ray. I'm going to go ahead and take these one at a time to see how they play out. Uh, starting with the one on the back left from me, closest to you. Got it. Uh, That is probably not a hit on a three plus eight. That is a miss. I figured. Uh, That one doesn't go anywhere. Second is, oh man, it's a five plus eight. Oh no. Is that a miss? It is a miss. Okay, gotcha. Uh, Following up with my last, and that, my friends, is a seven plus eight. Oh my God.
3: (laughs) That unfortunately just misses as well. As, are you targeting three different ones or trying to get the same I'm one? I'm going to
5: try the same one
3: each time. <laughs> yeah, so you leave three holes in the vegetation behind him, blasting through ferns and low-hanging branches, as he deftly like ducks and weaves and pirouettes around these blasts, moving with an insane amount of dexterity.
7: Take your time. They're made of dodge.
3: <laughs> next up in the initiative is Chris Zagrand.
6: Just to clarify, is the kobold actually next to uh, Arvid? They can make a reaction attack
3: or no? Adjacent to Arvid, yes. Okay.
6: Uh, I think I would like to twin a, uh, what's it called? Dissonant Whispers. Okay. Uh, One on the kobold engaged with Arvid and one uh, the closest to me.
3: Okay. Sounds good. So I'm going to make two saving throws. Let me know what kind.
6: That is a wisdom save.
3: All right. The first one gets a total of five. The second one gets a total of six.
6: So with that, Chris takes a moment to call back that Predator song and really focuses on these two enemies and they run in terror and take, let me roll it. So that's five damage on the first one who runs away from Arvid and then 11 damage on the second one who runs away from me. Better.
3: (laughs) (laughs) So the first thing that happens is Arvid gets the opportunity to make a horn attack as an attack of opportunity since this thing's leaving your threat range.
2: Grand total of 10.
3: That unfortunately misses. They both vanish back into the jungle, running their full speed. Anything else for your turn?
6: Uh, I am not going to do anything. I'm just going to like eye the battlefield.
3: Okay. Uh, before your turn ends, they're both going to activate one of their legendary actions to use Scurry... Uh, which lets them move their base speed without provoking an attack of opportunity. So while they fled into the jungle, you see something about them rally, and they immediately turn around and run back to where they were.
5: Legendary kobolds. Love what? it. What?
3: <laughs> That's a thing? Yeah.
4: It is now.
6: Um, <laughs> I've, a- I've never been run into legendary actions. So I'm like, what the hell?
3: Yes. Uh, that does bring it to the kobolds' turn, and they're going to move and then attack. So the kobolds move in. The ones that were furthest to the north don't close the full gap, but they do appear to grab an extra spear off of their back and chuck some of the ones they have towards the group. One of them moves closer to the ram, so you now have two on you, Arvid. And the four that were coming from behind all surround Artium and move into base range. And the one that is fighting with Morty continues engaging with him up close. We will start with the two attacking the ram. Uh, they're going to be using advantage because they have packed tactics and they are adjacent to an ally or adjacent to an enemy that's adjacent to an ally. So the first one's coming at you with his spear. That is a hit. And a hit, both of them well over 16. Uh, you take a total of 21 piercing damage. The second kobold gets a 14. Does that hit the ram?
2: And uh, yes
3: oh that's right ram is low ac and another hit so four hits total from four attacks 13 piercing damage uh the one coming from dead north is going to hurl his spear at christ coming at you with a miss yes. he overdoes the trajectory and he fucking chucks this spear like over your head it, it soars <laughs> he kind of over um, overdoes it a little bit tries too hard he can't mess up my pretty
6: face no
3: uh, the one that's fighting Morty is going to pull his spear out of his teeth and just grab it with both hands and attempt to bury it into his face. Cool. That is a hit on Morty for sure. And you hear a loud yelp as Morty gets a stab right in his neck meat. Uh, two spears are coming towards Harithax. Oh, good. Uh, they're coming at you with a critical. Oh, good. And a 15.
4: 15 will hit me.
3: Okay. You take a total of 19 piercing damage from the two spears that impact you.
4: Okay, that's not too bad.
3: And last but not least are the party of four that have surrounded the cleric Artyom Volkov. Bring it on, bitches. And they're each going to make two attacks with advantage because of pack tactics. I'm
5: an awarding player. The first one? Yeah.
3: Okay, so I'm going to eliminate the advantage on the first roll. That's a miss. Woo! Actually, it's a 19, so you got close. <laughs> the next one coming with an 18. The second kobold... Starts with a critical. Ooh. And a miss. Nice. The third cobalt. That's a, ooh, another 19. Yep. Your AC's 21. Yep. And a miss. Oh, they're getting so close. And the last cobalt coming in with his two attacks gets another critical.
5: I didn't get a chance to uh, waterfly that one, but that's okay. Oh, you only get one per turn, unfortunately. Oh, right. It's, it's a reaction. reaction. Yeah.
3: So you get hit by only two of the attacks, but they are both critical hits. Sure thing. Uh, eight damage from the first one. Not the best roll on 2d8 I've ever seen. Uh, so eight and 16 are the two attacks coming at you. Coolness. And all of you notice that everything about these kobolds does not feel like kobolds. Everything you've heard about them is that they're cowardly little shrimps. And these ones are hitting you with the strength of men twice your size. They're very powerful and deft and they have no fear in their hearts.
4: I'm very surprised they attacked me. Like Harithax is like a... Uh, uh taken aback that they attacked harthax
3: well you can respond in kind because now it is your turn
4: harthax is going to sort of vault across morty's butt dukes of hazard style <laughs> <laughs> to get onto the other side of that little kobold right there mm-hmm. um as a bonus action i'm going to cast shillelagh on my nice and then i'm gonna clobber this thing over the head that sounds great yep Let's see the attack that's the plan anyway let's see the actualization Twenty total to hit. That hits. Okay, and it's gonna take Shillelagh D8 plus five because I forgot to green flame blade it. No, I rolled a one, so six.
3: You crack it across the skull, and it. You feel the recoil in your arm, like you just hit a tree trunk.
4: Hmm. I will uh, look at this thing and, in your car, I will ask it, "What
3: are you?" Right, and it responds, "Your
2: guess." Ooh, sassy.
3: Hmm. Bringing us to the top of the round with Arvid.
2: Arvid, in the form of Ram, will take a step just outside of their reach. This isn't a real disengage. He's uh, the plan is to hold his action, and upon being degoated, wants to do the rage bonus action and then a full attack. Understood. Upon being uh, degoated. So
3: you're you're goading them into attacking you.
2: Mm. <laughs> <laughs>
3: All right. So the the ram almost carelessly backs away from these two and they will both take their swings at you as you have in, as you anticipated from your combat prowess. That's a hit. And another hit. So the goat takes uh, 19 piercing damage. Ungoated. You now have your full turn. All you've used at this point is movement. That was their reaction.
2: Uh, rage and then two swings. Here Sounds we go.
3: Sounds good. On the same kobold.
2: Let me just start with one swing. Perfect. Yeah, fucking crit. Nice. <laughs> there it is. Okay. Ah, yeah. <laughs> a special gift. So um, that first attack, say it's the dark side.
3: Okay. You can go ahead and roll all those dice.
2: Oh, right. <laughs>
3: Just roll them all. Just.
2: I raged. Mm-hmm. That's a 30 something? Yeah, 31. Wait, 31?
5: Nope. Yep. Dang. Jeez. You're mad? That was a mean hit.
3: Cobalt number eight, okay.
2: Is he still standing? Because I'll conti- I'll just continue the swing to the next one or start again if he's still in the way.
3: He is still standing. Okay. Somehow. Hearthax is blown away. Yeah. 18. That hits.
2: 11 damage this time.
3: 11 more. That is enough to kill this kobold. Beautiful. Two massive blows from the barbarian, one of which is a crit, just barely felled this strange beast. And as you cut it open its entrails spill out and you can see laced through the organs and coming out of the stomach these veins of black liquid glowing with green and blue
2: artem they've been eating the no-no fruit
3: (laughs) apparently so should we have been (laughs) and morty's going to take another snap at the kobold that he's fighting but now he gets advantage because haru's there what a good day for morty it's part of the reason i moved there to be honest he missed Oh, he rolled not good, boy. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but he's still a good boy.
3: And that brings us to Artyom Volkov.
5: Beautiful. Um, all I'm going to do is just slam on my shield, activating Shield of Faith, and as it does, the glow just keeps radiating, radiating, and radiating. And then Word of Radiance is going to hit all four of these idiots for a Constitution save, okay, uh, of
3: sixteen. Sixteen. All right, we're going to go around the circle. That is a fail, and a fail. Mm. Next two. Uh, The first two fail and the second two succeed.
5: Gotcha. Well, the first two, one takes, oh Oh, God, five and then six.
3: And for a cantrip,
5: that's pretty good damage. Yeah. Shit, sorry. I rolled ones on both of those. A four and a one and a five and a one and I'm in fucking sunlight, baby. I'm going to reroll some of that shit. So the first one, instead of taking four, would have taken, or sorry, instead of taking five, would have taken 10. And the second one would have taken, oh, still one. So
3: 10 and six. <laughs> Chris, that makes it your turn. When in doubt, shatter it out. Uh,
6: I'm going to reverberate and it's going to start as a low bassy hum. And then the electricity starts filling the air and I unleash an unbounded shatter. And it's going to be silent because I want to make sure they can't tell that I'm doing it. I okay. want it to shock the fuck out of them. So um, that is a constitution save. Okay,
3: from the three in the back?
6: Yes, and that's at fifth level, by the way.
3: Fifth level shatter. Yes. That's a fail on constitution. A fail. And what's your DC? 16? Yes. Then the last one succeeds.
6: Okay. Uh, So I'm going to start with just the normal shatter, and then I will add the bind. Oh, cool. That's a eight, six, and a three. So plus another 17. So 44 plus 17
3: all right. Well, two of them just crumple in on themselves like a soda can that someone's pressing against their forehead. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and the last one looks horribly fucked up, like you've shattered several <laughs> of his ribs and poss- possibly his skull. Sorry, not sorry.
5: <laughs> you imagine your bones dissolving and then turning into jelly, <laughs> especially
3: oh. from like a tuning fork.
5: <laughs> <laughs> do you hear I- do you hear something? <laughs> hey, I don't have arms. Oh,
3: no, my bones.
4: That was, that was the brown note. Oh,
3: <laughs> Great. Right. And after Chris's devastation, that'll bring us back to the kobolds. So there is one now engaged with Arvid, and it's going to attempt to stab at you twice. It no longer has advantage. Because you killed its friend, you jerk. That's cocked. Coming at you with a 17 and a 16. Oh,
2: well, the 16 doesn't hit. 17 is my AC.
3: Oh, okay. Very good. Uh, well, that's still going to be fourteen points of damage. Twelve points. I apologize. That's bad math.
2: After the rage happening?
3: No, that's pre pre rage. So you take six ah. because of your good, good rage damage reduction. Mm-hmm. Uh, this one left between Haru and Morty is in kind of between a rock and a giant dog place. <laughs> uh, he's going to attempt to make one stab at each of you, kind of keeping his defenses in front of him and backing up towards the forest that is a big old miss on morty and a 22 for haru
4: yeah 22 will still hit me 10 damage unless my shield is a lot better than i thought it was but <laughs> just a regular I mean, shield yeah you have the spell shield it won't help with 22
3: unfort then we've got these four little friends all coming in at artium Yup. we're gonna do exactly the same do you want me to do the uh on the first one let's
5: warding play the first yeah smart
3: smart that's a miss. Hey. And they pretty much need to roll like 19s to hit you now. <laughs> so <Yeah. laughs> it'll be easy to tell when they do. Second attack from the first one is a miss. <laughs> first attack from the second one is a miss. Beautiful. And a miss. Yeah, that's a third. Number three is coming at you with a miss. <laughs> and a miss. The fourth kobold. Oh, 18, so close. <laughs> <laughs> Little bastards all miss beautiful all completely miss. they seem to be blinded like normally these things are kind of weak in sunlight but these ones are bolstered but this new radiant sunlight is fighting whatever is inside them that's making them stronger i
5: love the idea that i'm like catching the sun with the shield as part of my evasive actions to like blind one elbow another and kick him out of the way
3: totally and the last one who is now very injured is going to use the last of his vigor to charge head-on at chris and just try to bury his spear into your chest uh with a 22
6: that hits, and he's going to take some
3: damage. He is, because you're reverbing nine points of piercing damage. All right. So how much damage does he take? Four. All right. That kills him.
2: <laughs> Are
3: you... <laughs> yep, on the nose. So he runs yes. to you, buries his spear in you, and then gets blown back by the impact of your reverberation striking him. Chris just can't help but to burst out in laughter. <laughs> 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 what the fuck? <laughs> It hurts to laugh because his spear is still in your ribs.
2: <laughs>
5: oh.
3: Uh. Mm. Big wince.
2: I'm just horrified that Chris went from the sweet baby to like, to like. He, he explodes a kobold with his own vibrations and he's like, <laughs> like, look at the blood. I mean, it's
6: kind of funny. Like,
2: doink and then all.
3: Yeah. Also, that was one of your best damage rolls on Shatter ever. Oh yeah, that was like all eights and sevens, and that brings us to Harthax.
4: I'm gonna attempt to Green Flame Blade the one that's still fighting me. Cool. That's a natural one. I miss.
5: <gasps> oh no! That's oh, my action.
4: No. Uh, I don't think I have any bonus actions to use. So that's Harthax.
5: That is a part of a melee action attack, right?
4: Yeah. So, I make I make a melee attack with Green Flame Blade. It's an action. So to it is a fumble then. Yeah. So oh, go that's ahead and true. Roll
3: me percentages. Yeah. Uh,
4: Sorry, I'm pulling a Michael here. <laughs> yeah, no, you're right. I forgot. I forgot we had a
3: fumble chart. No, I was just waiting for it. 98. I don't think that's going to be good at all. 98, you say? Yeah. (laughs) Very good, very good. I doubt that, somehow. So this thing has been stabbing at you while you've been fighting it, and its spear is currently in your shoulder. You bring your arm back with all your might to impact the club into its head, and you feel one of the tendons in your shoulder get severed as the spearhead snaps, and your left arm goes completely numb. You are going to have disadvantage on attack rolls until you get it healed. Okay. Oh that's bad. And the blood flows. Ooh. Top of the initiative is Arvid.
2: Arvid wants to kill that Kobold.
3: The power is yours. Two attacks. Another crit <laughs> Beautiful. Seriously. I can, gif. I can see that twenty staring at me from here.
4: I've rolled <laughs> i rolled two ones this combat. Arvid's rolled two twenty.
3: So it's just balancing out. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Wonderful.
2: Thanks, Haru. Yeah, you're welcome.
3: And out of curiosity, what was the second attack?
2: Uh, the three.
3: Okay, so just one crit.
2: 27.
3: All right. This kobold looks like it's on death's door. You have delivered a massive blow to it. Headbutt. Headbutt. And because you rolled a critical, you can instead use another attack with your axe.
2: Oh. Yeah, let's do that. Mm Mm-hmm. 23. Woo! Okay. 17?
3: 17. will kill it. Yay! More of this black liquid is sizzling against the radiant edge of parody as it falls to the ground, bleeding out. Artyom, it is your turn.
5: Beautiful. Well, no more child's play with this cantrip bullshit. I'm gonna go ahead and drop a Radiance of Dawn right on all these
3: bastards. All right. So let me know what I need to do in response to that.
5: Um, I believe for that you're going to be running another Constitution save. Same deal, but for half damage this time. If you miss.
3: Okay. So we're gonna go clockwise. Two fails. Oh, no, that's an 18. So one succeeds, the rest fail.
5: All righty. That is 14 plus my cleric level, which is nine now, yes? Yeah.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Whew. Beep boop. <laughs>
3: so
5: 23. <laughs> yes. Sorry, the beep boop. Beep boop? Beep boop.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm uh, going to stop making jokes so we can get no, this no, it's great, great. it's great.
3: So, one of them dies horribly and gets sizzled and burned away by the radiant energy. Beautiful. Two more are looking absolutely horrible, and the one that made it say that it's the first damage he's taken, but it still looks like it has fucked him up in a big, big way.
5: Artem's going to say, but wait, there's more! And then he shakes his shield, which is kind of radiating with the shield of faith, and out of it kind of falls to the ground a blazing chakram, which then comes up and attacks one of the guys adjacent
3: to me. Spiritual weapon. Uh,
5: Not... Good. <laughs> it's a miss. Okay. Um, I'm going to be casting this level three.
3: Level three herd.
6: Chris, we're back to you. Chris is going to lock eyes with a kobold, straighten his line of sight. And with this crystalline claw, he's going to laugh. And that laughter is actually inspiring him. And he's going to rush and do a green flame blade
4: attack. Awesome. I hope yours goes better than mine did.
5: <laughs> Me too. Yours should be called Blue Flame Blade. Yeah, something. You're thematically more blue in my mind.
2: (laughs) I think purple. Oh yeah, is that bad? No. What color is it?
3: It's a colorful flame blade. Yeah, it's just a prismatic. It could be prismatic prismatic flame. Matches your mood. Yes. Ooh,
6: I like it. Um, Chris has mood swings.
3: That was really good, actually. Um,
6: That was good. I just never used green flame blade, so.
3: Same as your normal attack, but if you hit it, does something else. I gotta, I'm going to redo it because that was an 8 on the die. Okay.
6: And that probably does not hit.
3: Okay. Let me know what the hit is.
6: Uh, that is 15 plus 8. That hits. Awesome. All right. So uh, the note gets released. So that was from the inspiration die. Let's do some uh, attack and green flame blade. All right. Uh, 7 plus 4 for fire damage from the flame blade. Got it. And then I believe the flame leaps off. Do I need to reroll that or is that the same damage?
3: Nope, just a D8 goes to the next one.
6: Oh, okay. So I, cool. Uh, That's three plus four or just three? Just three. Okay, just three. I can add my charisma to them, I believe.
3: Oh, you're right. You're right. Very good. And that's four? That's for plus four damage. All right. That one is looking very hurt as well. (laughs) When you charge forward and strike it with your claw, you think for a moment that you miss because it stares up at you confused. And then its upper half starts to slide off as it hits the ground, the wound completely cauterized. Oh dear. And the other one lets out a shriek as the fire strikes him in the face and starts batting at his nose. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. And at the end of the turn, Morty's just gonna make a very panicked bite at this cobalt that seems to be backing away. Morty, what are you doing to me, dog? What did it do?
4: My next turn, I'm casting Bless on Morty. This
3: is <laughs> just him, not yes. the rest so, of the
4: I'm, I'm just going to stack all of the blessed dice on Morty so he can roll like 64.
3: So at the end of Chris's turn, the three remaining kobolts are going to use their legendary action to scurry and retreat from the group without provoking attacks of opportunity. And they then spend their turns running into the woods, realizing they are outclassed by this party that they have ambushed.
4: Artyom. Harthax says just bleeding from the shoulder. Yeah, I'm going to check this time. I'm going to assume eating the weird uh, kobold remains probably a no. Well, based on what the black stuff seems to do to them,
7: I'm guessing eating the byproduct of that is not a great play.
4: I don't know. They were awfully strong for normal kobolds.
5: I'm sure the angels were very powerful too. How's that working out for you? Well, it, it didn't kill me yet. I look at your third eye. <laughs> yet? <laughs> well, not dead yet. Okay. Eat them if you want. You're a good experiment.
4: I nudge it with my toe.
3: And as the kobold bodies before you lay there dying in the sun, the last of their blood trickling out, you see this black liquid pour into the earth, and it sparkles as fumes come out of it. It stings your nose, and it seems to start corroding away at the kobold bodies, dissolving them into nothing but brown liquid.
5: So like, no? Yeah, I'm going
4: to
1: go with no. No. Okay. Smell my breath. Uh, what? You smell booze?
0: Well, I smell a great many things, Storm, but no. No booze.
1: Cool. So I'm not drunk. I'm not seeing things. Those kobolds actually gave the MDs a run for their money, so to speak.
0: Well, they certainly didn't fight like any kobolds I've seen before.
1: Damn, what are they feeding those things? Storm needs a dollop of that secret sauce. If I could turn a kobold into a competent warrior, imagine what it could do for a dude like me. They'd have to make a rank higher than legend. (laughs) Ha! Which they are. Vote for Storm.
0: Oh, well, whatever it is, it's a new piece of the puzzle for the team to put together.
1: Well, if I could move right now, I'd give you the ten gold to keep in my shoe. I'm not ashamed to admit I lost that bet.
0: That's okay, pal. You keep your
1: shoe money. Kobold or go home. Am I right? Yeah? Yeah? Yeah, that makes sense.
0: Well, if even the kobolds on this exotic island are that fierce, just imagine what kind of dangers could
1: await them deeper into the quarry. Damn, you're right. Imagine some juiced-up ogres. Juiced-up ogres chucking some swole-ass wolves. That would be awesome. I am officially going to be disappointed if I don't see an ogre with a quiver of swolves by the end of this quest. Or at least before I die.
0: And speaking of awesome things to see, let's take a moment to view our messages from this week's sponsors. Stay tuned for more Dungeness
3: Delving. Are you tired of your cottage being burned down by some monstrous menace? Or your fields being ransacked and trampled by invading beasts? Sounds like you should move to NPC Meadows, Housing of the Future. NPC Meadows is a moated community of beautiful 4,000 square foot property units with identical two-story homes made from affordable and durable building materials. We're connected by roads and wagon paths for busy workers on the go. Each unit is fully furnished and free from distracting decorations or symbols of individuality. Built-in ochre jelly disposal units make trash management a snap. Our communities are patrolled by mindless sentinels capable of obliterating targets from over 300 feet away. Sounds like you better follow curfew. The paved cobblestone streets are always kept in perfect repair, where wagons can tote their wares and children can play without fear of being scooped up by a hungry wyvern or uncle. Travel in ride shares to your new jobs at the coal mine, fishing boats, wheat fields, or other backbreaking labor. Your housewives will be delighted by automatic hearth fires, built-in sewing wheels, and two kinds of slop bucket to keep your unit sparkling clean. It's required! Your kids will love our community play area, complete with 90 square feet of thick green grass and organic rocks. There's safety in numbers and comfort in conformity. Put the peasant in pleasant and move to the housing of the future. NPC Meadows. You know what you are. Now own it.
7: Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwein
5: How's it going, LU cuties? This is a busy week, and we've got a lot of kick-ass announcements, so brace yourselves. First, I want to thank our fans. You are all the most amazing people. Our Discord has exploded, and the caliber of fans is fantastic. A handful of new Patreon subscribers, and more amazing fans every day, what more could a boy ask for? Thank you everyone, especially our patrons, and in particular our legendary teams. The Unbroken Form, The Moonlight Veil, The Oathsworn, The Ancestor's Fury, The Cultured Cutthroats, The Iron Rhapsody, and this week's featured team, The Tavern Brawlers, with Dave Mladenov, Daniel Pickens-Jones, Tracy Rivington, and Dovathor. I have a personal announcement, I will be running a Legend of the Five Rings game sponsored by Level Up Dice, an outstanding luxury dice shop. The game takes place in the world of Rokugan, a pan-Asian but heavily Japanese inspired world, following a group of low caste elders from a small village as they struggle against a sinister local lord. I personally have some minor issues with the sometimes indelicate handling of the cultural themes in the world, but for those of you familiar with my stint running the Little League of Ultimate Questing, you can rest assured I will be treating the subject matter with respect. If you want to know more, or just want to know how you can show your support for Slapdash, please come to the official announcement at twitch.tv slash levelup underscore ttv at 1pm PST, Tuesday, November 24th. That's tomorrow if you're listening to this on release day. The show will be starting proper on December 3rd with a brief hiatus for the holidays and can be found at that same link, twitch.tv slash levelup underscore TTV. Or you can just jump on our stream since we'll be hosting it at twitch.tv slash slapdashstreams. There you can find me streaming a variety of games at 6pm PST, Monday through Thursday. And on Tuesdays, you can find me and Law doing our cooperative Pokemon Soul Link Challenge playthroughs. Whew, that was a lot. And it's not even over. In order of the coming holidays and our new merch, we are holding an LUQ content contest. Now what does this mean? We want you, the beautiful, perfect fans of the LUQ, to create something based on the League of Ultimate Questing. Be it fan art, music, a video, a fully edited commercial or segment, cosplay photos, or some kind of handmade object. It must be recognizably LUQ-themed, and it has to be safe for work. This content is being sponsored by our longtime legendary tier supporter, Isaac Davies, who we thank for both the idea and the prizes. The first place winner will be getting $60 in merch from the LUQT Spring page. Second and third place will get $40 and $20 respectively. You'll get to pick out what you want, let us know, and we'll have it sent to your door. Post your submissions on Twitter or Facebook, if you have them, with the hashtag LUQ and hashtag SpiritsRest. We'll also need all official submissions to be sent to admin at slapdashstudios.com with your name, Discord name, if you have one, and a description of what you made with the files attached. You'll have until December 25th to submit your creation, and once we've judged, the entries, we will announce the winners early next year. And of course, share your wonderful creations with our fans. Happy Spirits Rest to you all. If you haven't seen our new merch, check it out. I got my Mortal Dawn shirt and I am in love. You can use the promo code SPIRITREST, that's no S in the middle there, for free shipping through the end of December. You can find all this stuff and more at the theleq.com. If you want to advertise with us or you have a special message you want on the show, please shoot an email to admin at slapdashstudios.com. If you want to show your support, please check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash slapdashstudios. Woo! Made it! Let's get you back to the action.
8: Welcome back to Scry About It, predicting trends in divination. I'm your host and four-time winner of the War Chess Creative Writing Tournament, Milton Mampsterth. Today we're talking about the high-stakes ongoing media war for home divination supremacy. Live Scry has been the dominant source of entertainment since the LUQ's rise to prominence, with Viewcaster being the household brand for projection devices. But in recent years, a noble challenger to the entertainment throne has emerged. From LUQ highlights the feature-length divinations, better known as Divis, pre-divined home scry crystals have redefined the scrying medium. The first to perfect the formula was the Andesian Alchemy Collective known as Azure Prismatics, with their high-resolution picture and practical indestructibility, Sapphire brand Home Divination Grizzles have become high watermark for quality in the developing industry. But the established Viewcaster was not to be outdone, opting instead for low-cost manufacture and ease of use. The already wealthy and well-known Viewcaster began development on Quartz, a competitor for the highly regarded Sapphire. Let's get into the comparison... The sapphire is alchemically grown, high-grade aluminum oxide suffused with Black Tower-certified divination enchantments. The picture is crystal clear, so to speak, and the projections create a low-grade illusion of airflow and physical presence. But at the cost of 20 silver pieces per episode of your standard scry, and one gold drag for a featured divination, it's no wonder the people of Mackinac are struggling to afford this cutting-edge technology. But can you really put a price on quality? Apparently you can because an episode in quartz comes at one silver crown and ten for a divvy. A steal by all rights, but the factory line rune sculpted divination has none of the energy of the sapphire and is subject to divine interference. Don't pray too hard for Miles Aventar's critical smite or you might manifest a false scry. The advantage of the cheap make and runecraft is that you as the consumer can scribe your own runes, allowing for home divining. Treasure your memories forever, or at least until you drop the dang thing and it shatters. As of this divining, the quartz is on the rise as adult Divi producers prefer low-cost and inbuilt divining over crisp details of the folds and blemishes of their stars. Azure is making a bold attempt at reclaiming the market with their own projection device, Prism Pro, which takes an even greater advantage of their quality product. But despite this, my own readings predict that Quartz will win over Sapphire despite a shoddy product, because low-income, low-intelligence rubes are desperate to squeeze every dither. But there will always be a place for quality in divination centers, the private theaters of the independently wealthy, and the discerning eye of the informed and the intelligent consumer. Maybe this isn't what you wanted to hear. Well, go ahead and scry about it.
3: Mortal Dawn stands in the aftermath of the kobold battle, outside the quarry entrance on Rivestone Island. What do you do?
5: I see standing there with a pretty nasty gash on him, and he looks over at Harthax. That doesn't look good.
4: It's not. I, I am having trouble moving it.
5: Yeah, we better take a knee. And uh, with that, Chris is going to start up a
6: song of rest.
3: Awesome. Mm
5: uh and honestly with that and the domain farms i get like just i pop my health right away from two dice um as i do i just kind of like tip my hat to reginald Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. thanks partner
4: (laughs) i roll two hit dice but i roll eights on both so i'm back at full as well with the song of rest
6: nice Uh, i also roll
4: two to go back to full
3: awesome so the team takes a little while to take a short rest bandage up their wounds tend to harithax's shoulder and then the empty quarry lies before you.
7: You're getting older. You're going to have
4: to be a little bit more cautious.
3: Eh. No, live a little.
4: <laughs> I was going to say, live fast. Die young-ish. <laughs> I'm not really that young anymore, to be
5: honest. Leave an obsidian corpse.
4: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well,
6: if there's more of these things down there, then we're in for some trouble.
4: I think there's going to be much worse than these. Uh, I doubt, actually, that those creatures will be down there. The ones that attacked us. They didn't flee back into the cave. They fled into the jungles.
2: Oh,
6: I, I hate to say it, but Artyom's right. Uh, whatever creatures are down there, if they have
4: this substance in them, we are in a world of pain. I'm fairly familiar with kobolds. I have never encountered kobolds like those.
2: It's the fruit! It, it It's the liquid, yes. Well, okay, but the liquid from the fruit.
6: Well, from the tree, old evil river, I don't know. Let's keep the semantics and get our job done, da? All right. Uh, With that, I'm going to activate my shard hide.
3: All right. And then you make your way downward into the rivstone quarry. You're certain this was once a cold, lifeless stone tunnel, but now it's covered in dark moss, with blades of grass struggling to make their way through the cracks of the rocky floor. Where once there were lanterns and hooks lighting the path, There are now dangling vines peppered with luminescent bulbs. Wooden support beams have grown into warped living wood with branches and leaves. After several hours of descent into the tunnels, they widen, deeper and deeper, below the sea level. The path stops descending finally and levels out. The vegetation is thinning, but now the walls shimmer with a light prismatic glow, like faded geodes. Huge dripping stalactites hang overhead forming clear pools that seem to radiate light. Tiny swimming creatures move around in them. Pink axolotls float aimlessly, smiling blindly at the world above them.
2: Oh, they are so cute. What? What are
6: they? I've never seen these things before.
3: Yes, they're absolutely precious.
2: Oh my god, look at its face.
3: Smiles up at you, unblinkingly, in a permanent grin.
4: Harthax was eyeing one predatorily, and then listening to Arvid oogle over them is like, probably also in, though.
2: <laughs> <laughs> we could take these back and keep them somewhere. They're probably magical. Look at how cute they are.
6: We oh, probably
2: need to go. Facing!
4: I'm just going to keep a lookout for threats. Certainly.
3: Uh, roll me a perception check. Okay.
4: <laughs> Everybody's oogling these things.
5: It's a natural do. I mean, I'm in a cave. I'm like, this is my, this is my jam. 17 plus eight.
3: All right. You can tell that not far from where you are, it forms into a bit of a natural path that leads further into the cave. But there's something strange about rounding one of the corners. It seems like one of the walls appears almost false. And you realize if you press through some of the moss, you can step through to the other side. And there's a hidden chasm that's quite massive. And it looks like there's a small stone village hidden here in the cave, walled off from the outside world, as though whatever lived here rarely sets foot in these tunnels. And you see littered amongst these very small stone buildings, numerous corpses, both dwarven and kobold.
5: Any of them look like the people we're trying to find?
3: Several of them look like dwarves that have not been deteriorating that long, that have probably been transported here, or died fighting in near here.
5: Do we have any distinguishing features that we're looking for, or is it just any dwarf we find
3: Uh, most of them have a patch sewn onto their clothing that shows that they work for this particular quarry
4: are they are the bodies arranged in any sense or they just kind of look like they're laying where they fell
3: it looks like some of them were dragged and put into some piles but most of them died fighting
5: okay Uh, pile the ancient symbol of the naval cult
4: (laughs) well i was curious if they were like feeding plants Mm. like is there anything growing on them
3: The vegetation down here is much lighter. Other than some of the moss on the walls, the grass is not strong enough to break through the stone. Okay. There are way more kobold corpses than there are dwarven corpses. And those ones don't necessarily look like they died fighting. As you investigate them, you can see it looks like their stomachs just exploded out and their bodies are starting to decay.
2: Really glad we didn't eat the fruit. Me too. Gotta admit, I was waiting for a quiet moment to eat some fruit, but now I... I will not be doing that.
4: Arvid's like just kind of setting down those like pumpkin <laughs> things just out of his backpack, <laughs> like. <laughs>
6: um, Chris is gonna take a moment to kind of attune, listen for that kind of weird aura. Well, uh, you know, feel the earth, all that great stuff. I'll uh, go ahead and roll me an Arcana check. I will. I'm gonna use some luck because that was a four. Okay. <laughs> that wasn't better that was a 6
3: so a total of 16 alright Um, you don't sense any of that energy that you picked up before coming from this area it seems like whenever it kills its host for lack of a better term it starts to kind of fade away it dissolves you do detect some though from a great distance to the north further down the tunnel that you were entering um it's
6: faint but there's something to the north I don't know what it is though
7: We've got to be very careful. If there's hidden walls, uh, openings that we can't see,
4: anything could pop out of this. Can we get down to the village? Is there like a ramp that leads there? Or like an incline?
3: Uh, Once you pass through this kind of hidden mossy wall and go around the barricade, it's just right there. Oh, okay. You're not at much of a distance. It's just well hidden. Okay.
2: Are we sleuthing right now? What exactly did they want us to...
7: We're looking for probably any survivors we can find. It sounds like people have been disappearing.
2: Just uh, bring back survivors. I was just saying because I, I thought, Haru, don't you know how to talk to the dead?
4: I do. Yeah, I could ask one of them what happened. You do that,
7: Arvid. You want to join me clearing these rooms, making sure there's nobody left alive? Okay. Uh, investigate?
3: Yeah, and, and Morty's going to help too with his big snoofer snoof. Sure. So let's get investigate from Artyom and then survival from Arvid because you're using your like track senses.
5: That is a 19.
3: As you search through the various buildings and the hidden corners behind streets that you can't see, you do find some more bodies, but none of the ones that you come across have any life left in them. It seems like some maybe died more recently than others, but they are all long since dead.
5: Uh, Based off of the wounds and things like that, I'm guessing it all looks like spears from the kobolds?
3: It looks like the the dwarves died from, from weapons and claws, and the kobolds just died from exploding
2: in a bad case of explosions. <laughs> yeah. It's horrifying. You just laughed at it, not but an hour ago.
5: I mean, yeah, you got me there. <laughs> it was really funny, though. <laughs> I'm wow. gonna go head towards the northern tunnel and just kind of keep an eye,
4: a lookout. As they do that, Harthax will be setting up to cast uh, Speak with Dead.
3: Okay, are you going to grab one of the dwarves or one of the kobolds?
4: So, yeah, I'll ask a dwarf because the kobolds have all been exploded. We We have an idea what killed them, probably.
3: Okay, uh, how many questions do you get? Five. Okay. You complete your ritual. You place several beads and bones in a circle around the body that you're targeting, and you take a seat next to it.
4: Harthax's eyes snap open. The void kind of spills out from their eye sockets, which might be the first time that some of you have actually seen that Harthax's eyes are gone. Um, And, and Harthax starts speaking to this corpse and says, How did you die? <sighs> They were attacked while mining, ambushed by these kobolds. Do you know where the kobolds came from? They came from their village. We've never seen them leave it before. Did you see any strange plant growth while you were here? I Deep underground where plants dare not tread. Moss, vines. Did you find anything noteworthy when you were excavating?
3: Not as many minerals as there used to be. The plants, they ruined our operation, muddled up the rails, slowed us down.
4: What child did you think you had to save?
3: I know nothing of a child.
4: I should have asked the guy that had the note. That's my fifth question. <laughs>
5: no, my fifth question should I have asked the guy that yeah. had the note? <laughs>
4: yes. <Yeah>. I <laughs> thought about it, Duh. but... Yeah. <laughs> There's literally five lines on the note for your fucking questions, you dumbass.
6: Oh,
3: man! Mean dwarfed corpse. Chris thought he was the sassy bitch. (laughs) (laughs) Still am. I'm alive. So, Artyom, as you go around the bend to kind of keep an eye on the tunnel and make sure that nothing's either coming or going, you can see far down the pass... What looks like a shimmering light coming from liquid streaming through the floor. Tiny streams.
7: Everybody good in there?
4: Not bad. Um, The kobolds killed the dwarves, and then it seems they died. The dwarves said that they'd never seen the kobolds leave the village before. But, uh, Arvid, Mm. have you found anything here?
2: Not especially. Nope.
4: I
7: don't know from kobolds, but I do know that uh, more cowardly races tend not to be bold enough to attack things like dwarves in the space that they can fortify. So uh, I'm thinking whatever is causing them to get powerful, this substance, I'm guessing is also driving them forward, even when otherwise they would have fled. I asked him about the child
4: from the note. He doesn't know anything about it. Uh, it's possible we, we could go back, we could ask the dwarf we found that was carrying the note, or we could press on. I think pressing on is a better idea.
2: Should we make sure that there's no obvious signs of uh, anyone living through this? Are we pretty sure that everyone is dead?
7: If I had to guess, I'd say everybody's dead. But even if they were barely holding on, I'm guessing they would rather have died in battle than brought back home, embarrassed from having lost their quarry.
4: Whatever's happened here to the quarry, the minerals are disappearing and the plants started interfering with their operation. It sounds like they may have started deep underground. Then I guess that's where we go.
3: So the group leaves the village and continues down the path towards the streams of light that Artyom saw. It seems like beyond this point, Long ago, this may have been an enclosed space. The rocks would have covered it up, making it not a passage at all. But the way the vines and plants are growing, it's almost as if they've torn it open, created a new path into something old. At this point in the tunnels, it appears like a small glowing stream is now joining with a strange trickling liquid vein. Something glowing within it, green and blue, crackling on the surface. It appears thicker than water, almost like a syrup. You follow the stream, deeper and deeper down the path, until it opens into a wide cavern. It seems like maybe long ago this could have been carved out by hand, but it's now corroded and dissolved with time. It should be pitch black, but it's illuminated by the source of the stream, a deep pool of liquid with a thick layer of the strange black juice floating on top of it. The glowing from the pool casts light on two very strange features of this underground chamber. The first appears to be a giant, mummified and resting in a throne of angular stone. Its broad shoulders and rusted metal reveal that perhaps it's not a giant at all, but a massive dwarven body with a thick white beard hanging down over the throne like a shawl. The liquid seems to be seeping out from the body, downhill into the pool like blood. Power radiates from the figure. But the second sight is even stranger. Ten feet from the pool, Laying on its side is a semi-translucent glowing infant maybe 15 feet long from head to toe. It seems almost amorphous. Its hands and feet have no fingers or toes. Its face has no nose or lips. Its eyes are closed and it whines softly, weakly. The sound of its tiny cries seem to agitate the pool of liquid in the center and it starts to bubble and foam before it explodes outward. Mortal Dawn have entered what I
0: would define, in my experience, as a final chamber, uncovered from the past, deep in the mines of Rivstone Island.
1: Oh, this is gonna be good. Something's about to bust out of that celestial goulash, and I'm willing to bet it's not gonna be asking the AMDs for their signatures.
0: I think you've had enough betting for one day, Storm.
1: I can't help it. I've been on a roll, save for that kobold thing. I walked out of my war chest game last night with 90 gold drax. Granted, I don't remember what the buy-in was, but I'm pretty sure I made a profit. This is the Summer of Storm. (gasps) A Summer Storm. A sequel to my biography.
0: Uh, how do you write a sequel to an autobiography?
1: Well, not dead, am I? Well,
0: no, I suppose you
1: aren't. Well, then the saga continues.
0: How's your book doing, by the way? It's been out for a while now.
1: Oh, uh, great. Well, the initial sales weren't stellar. Hard to compete against live scry entertainment with words on a page. But it has kind of a cult following. Nexus is even asking about the rights to make it a full-fledged Divi. I just hope they can get me to play me. I bet I'd do it. A divvy. A Divi? A feature-length divination? (sighs)
0: I'll never understand how people can watch one narrative for over an hour when you could be watching all the exciting broadcasts of the ever-changing stories these teams experience every day.
1: Mark my words, Kipper. Divis are the future. Books are starting to look pretty dumb when compared to a full-length feature of ass-kicking or romance or awkward teenage comedy. It's like going to the playhouse, but I don't have to get stuck behind some lady in a four-foot wig who smells like a bathtub full of horse conditioner.
0: That sounds awfully specific. Is that real?
1: Oh, no, it's true. Horses need conditioner to help keep their breathtaking manes flowing at maximum majesty.
0: Oh, I didn't even notice you sat down. Were you all done posing for your sculpting fans?
1: Well, it occurred to me at about hour three that if they wanted to immortalize me in marble, they could just, you know, pause the scry. Wish i thought of that earlier before the accident.
0: Well, folks, that does it for this broadcast. Join us next time as we discuss the pros and cons of Scry Cinema, draw ever closer to announcing the first ever winner of the Hall of Legends nomination, and find out what monstrous menace the mortal dawn will meet in these mysterious minds. Next time on the League of Ultimate Questing.
4: Hey! 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 It's that outro time again. And you know, the first step, we're going around the table, starting with
2: Sam playing Arvid Ulfmund. I'm sorry if that hurt anybody. <laughs> um, I care for you all immensely. Not demonstrated uh,
4: by the shout. Damn.
2: <laughs> <laughs> uh, Arvid is a, a druid barbarian.
4: Mm. My name is Michael Loving. I play Harithax, the corpse speaking warlock. Mm. Fancy. Hi, I'm Alonte. I play Chris Grand,
6: the crystalline sorcerer and
5: creation bard. I'm Zach Marcus. I play and Volkov, the unhittable cleric. Uh-huh. <laughs> Took crits to take me down. Not even. Not even take me down. Anyway, uh, I am also the technical like dele- technical delectable. <laughs> oh, you
3: were going wow. to so say
2: delightful. <laughs> Delightful. the technical delight uh, not an actual delight but technically <laughs>
3: technical delight. Uh,
5: I also want to thank West Scott Wes Scott Co. for editing
3: wow wow West, mm. 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 not going anywhere my name's Law I'm the dungeon master and the creative director of Slapdash Studios I thought,
4: I thought you were going to do your whole thing as, as just a rap. you were just going to keep going and I was going to be like mm-hmm. I mean I'm not wrapping this outro but if somebody else wants to try that's on someday them someday
3: I will rap the outro
4: okay Okay, yeah. all right. That's a, uh, that's a promise. That's a promise. <laughs> That'll be the hundredth episode My bonus. That's is what it'll Law, be.
2: And I'm here to say, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> I love the le cuties in a major way. <laughs> oh, that was painful.
4: Oh. That was painful
6: in ways I never
4: knew. I DM D and D, but I'd rather play. No. <laughs> Thank that
2: you. That was actually good, though. Yeah. That would be like
4: let's drive this one up it's going on forever yeah <laughs> thank you for listening to our podcast it's thanks great. Microsoft Sam you're I welcome I really appreciate yeah. it you're, you're welcome
3: Microsoft Shatner
4: <laughs> uh, you probably know this by now new episodes of the podcast come out every
2: we Monday every fucking Monday he Hashtag didn't every curse fucking every fucking uh, Monday
4: <laughs> I have a son I can't curse one day he'll listen to this maybe um, if the world isn't done by then Uh. You I'm can...
5: sure by that time, he will have never cursed in his entire life. Right, yeah, no, exactly. Um,
4: you can go to our website, theluq.com, to find links to our Discord. Free for anyone, not just patrons. Patreon, all of our social media, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, all of it. It's all there. You can find us on the things. You can Google them. It shows up. It should. If it doesn't, let them know. Obviously, there's some search engine optimization that's gone horribly wrong, if that's the case. But... Anybody have any personal messages coming up?
5: Not really. All I'll right. Do well
4: Yep. Yep. <laughs> uh when's this episode come out? Is it too early for Merry Christmas to people? Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, we'll get there one day, folks. Until then, we wish you luck.